today's gospel is from Mark chapter 12. This will serve as the basis for the sermon this morning. The trust and confidence of the widow in her Lord is evident by the offering she gave. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. The Gospel of the Lord. last few Sundays, we have been focusing in on the topic of stewardship, which is the management of the things that God so richly blesses us with. Maybe if you had to, to explain it to somebody who asked you, what have you been talking about at church? You've been simply talking, telling them, we've been talking about money or, or our relationship with God and money. But I have a somewhat shocking truth to share with you today, and and perhaps after I share it with you, it's one that you might have wished you had known a few weeks back. Here's the statement. God doesn't want your money. You you heard me correctly. God does not want your money. You're probably thinking, well, that's that's amazing because uh, it would have been nice to know a few weeks ago we could have been talking about a different topic or I would have known and we could have avoided this whole money in church kind of topic that comes up often and we don't like to, to hear about or talk about. But it's the truth. God does not want your money because instead he wants something that is far more valuable and important. God wants your heart. He wants your heart, a heart that loves him, a heart that trusts him, a heart that follows and obeys him, a heart that sees a relationship with God as such a valuable treasure. We talk about money because materialism and wealth and money are one of those things that can so easily distract us from our relationship with God. And so today we were reminded God does not want your money, but God does want your heart. We see that as we dive into the gospel from Mark chapter 12. And in this account, we hear that Jesus is in the temple in Jerusalem. <clears throat> and he's there with his disciples, and they are sitting in the area where people would bring their offerings into the temple. He's sitting there watching them. Now, they didn't, in, in Jesus' day, have an offering plate that they passed by through their service and people put offerings in. Instead, they had these boxes, these receptacles, these chests where people would put their offerings in. And Jesus is sitting there watching the crowds put their money in in those chests. Now, I don't know if it was a common thing for people to sit there and watch others put their offerings into the temple, but that's what Jesus was doing. In fact, that might seem a bit strange to us. 
Because I think that the way we view giving an offering to the Lord is much more a private thing. Just think about how you give to the Lord. Perhaps you do it electronically, you do it all online and nobody else sees it or knows it. Or perhaps you put your offering, a check or a, um, some cash in your envelope and you put that <clears throat> excuse me, privately in the offering plate or you clench that, that wad of cash in your hand until the plate comes by and you quickly shove it in or you slip a few bills underneath the rest of the pile in the offering plate. Whatever it is, you want to keep it private. You don't want anybody else to see how you're giving. But Jesus was right there watching each and every person put their offering into the temple plate that day. He saw the rich people bringing in large amounts of of offerings to the Lord. He saw a poor widow bringing just a few copper coins, a couple of them, a few cents worth. But Jesus was doing more than just watching what they physically brought to the temple that day. He was studying them. He was looking into their hearts. And it's because of what he saw in their hearts that Jesus said this to the disciples. Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Did Jesus actually see things the way that we saw them? He just said that the poor woman gave more offerings than the rich people. That's not right. Does Jesus need to get his eyes fixed? I mean, those rich people put in way more than the little fraction of money that that woman put in. But you see, Jesus saw something that you and I can't see. He saw their hearts. And Jesus saw that the hearts of those rich people who brought large amounts of money, their hearts were not given to the Lord. They gave, but they gave out of their wealth. They gave out of what was left over. They were all going to go home to their cozy houses with their fridges full of food and their comfortable beds. And this wasn't a challenge for them. It wasn't a sacrifice. And it wasn't an act of faith and love. They were simply doing it because that's what a good Jewish person did. And they wanted other ones to know they were good Jewish people. They wanted God to see their commitment. I'm going to give you things. But their hearts did not trust God. Instead, their hearts trusted their money. And sadly, we find ourselves often in that same trap. We find ourselves finding our hope, our security, our confidence in our money. And when we don't have the money that we think we need in this life, then we are filled with stress and worries and despair. All because we trust in our money rather than trusting in God. But this poor widow trusted the Lord. She didn't give out out of what was left over. She gave all that she had. She didn't go home to a fridge full of food. She had just given over the last of her bread money. She didn't give thousands of dollars. She gave only a few cents worth. But she gave her heart to the Lord. And even though it seemed like she didn't have a single nickel to her name that day, she had everything. She had the Lord. 
She had the Lord and his promises of eternal life. She had the Lord and the trust that he would be faithful in his ability to provide for her here in this life and for the life to come. And Jesus commended her before not just the disciples that were gathered around him that day, but he commends her to the disciples gathered around today, our Lord Jesus, you and me. And he commends her to us by not focusing on the the quantity of her offerings, but instead on the quality of the heart that gave. Jesus didn't want her money. He wanted her heart. Jesus still watches as offerings are given. Jesus sees, no matter how private you try to make your giving god sees you and he sees what you give and as comforting as that can be at times to know that god sees and knows everything it's also terrifying god sees god knows god knows that sometimes my heart isn't always in the giving that sometimes my giving is an afterthought what do i have left over for you this week god because my relationship with god is not first and foremost in my life god sees and knows that there are times where your giving is loud and boastful and maybe not out in public but just in your heart look how much lord i am giving to you what a good christian i am and you should just be so proud of me toot toot sometimes god sees that your giving is skimpy because you put so much trust and, and worth in the value of the things in this life that you just can't let go of them and trust God. Let me put it into this perspective. Many of you gathered here will hand over hundreds if not thousands of dollars every year to an investment group like Fidelity or Vanguard or whatever group it is with the trust that they're going to make that money grow. But those companies, those groups cannot promise that that's going to happen. There's some risk involved. In fact, they have to tell you that uh, that past, uh, past performance is no guarantee of future results. I want to make sure I get those words right, right? Because they can't make that promise. And yet, we still put our hope and our trust and our confidence in those groups. But we actually have one who does make a promise. And it's a really impressive promise. And I think you know who I'm referring to. It's our Lord God. And he makes you this promise. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. God promises that you will be made rich. Now, that does not mean that you are going to be rich necessarily in the eyes of the world. That if you give a really nice, generous offering today, that later on in the week, God is going to double or triple or quadruple that giving in your life. Otherwise, this place would be packed full and it would be more popular than Potawatomi. But what God does promise is not earthly riches, but spiritual wealth. God promises to you that you have invaluable treasures like free and full forgiveness and and certain hope and an everlasting peace and joy and purpose and God's guidance and presence with you in this life and the life to come. And not only do you have God's promises of these great treasures, 
But you have a God who proves his faithfulness in past performance. And yet so often, why are we tempted to rather trust in groups like Fidelity rather than our faithful father? And you find more confidence and comfort in your investments and look at giving to the Lord as a loss. When Jesus looks at your actions and your attitudes, what does he see? Does he see faithless giving? Does he, he see lack of trust? Does he see resentment? God doesn't want your money. It's not about money. It's about your hearts. That's what God wants. That's why this example that we have of heartfelt giving in the reading from 2 Corinthians is such a beautiful example. God sets before us these Macedonian churches, these churches that are in northern Greece that would include cities like Philippi and Thessalonica and Berea. Well, these churches were gathering together an offering, a special offering that was going to be given to the churches in Jerusalem who needed some aid. But did you pick up on how Paul described these Macedonian churches? He said that they were going through a severe trial, that they had extreme poverty, it was one of those, those situations where we would look at it and say, you guys have, have every reason to not participate in this offering. You don't have much. Just take care of your own business. Don't worry about anything else. But that didn't stop these churches. It didn't stop them. They gave even when it hurt. And they gave beyond what we thought and, and anyone would think they would give. They gave as much as they could. And maybe it wasn't a lot, but they gave with willing eagerness, pleading to be a part of this offering. And here's why. Paul tells us that they gave themselves to the Lord. Did you catch that? They gave themselves to the Lord. Yeah, they, they gave some offerings. They gave some of their wealth to those in need, but only because they first gave themselves to Jesus. They loved the Lord. They trusted in Him and His promises and His ability to provide. God didn't want their money, but He wanted their hearts. And their hearts were His through faith in Jesus. Let me share with you just how much God wanted this heart, their hearts, your hearts and my heart. We hear in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. God sent his son Jesus to be Savior of the world, just as he had promised. And Jesus set aside all the glories of heaven and all the power and might that was his as Lord God and set it aside to take on human flesh and live among us and with us in this sinful world and to go to the cross where there he took the punishment that your sins and my sins deserve the sins of all the world. And he made himself poor to the point of death. Why? So that in his poverty, so that by his death and his victorious resurrection, you 
might become eternally rich. In Christ, you are rich. And this is what that means for you. It means that God forgives you freely and fully, completely wiping the slate clean, no matter how hard of a time you have been forgiving yourself. It means that when you have a hard time paying that electric bill or your mortgage or your rent, that you have the sure hope that there is a well-appointed, beautiful room for you in the mansion of heaven. That when you look at your wardrobe and it is maybe a little worn out and cheap or outdated, that you are reminded that God covers you in the beautiful garments of Christ's righteousness. That when you find yourself not eating like a king like you sometimes would like to do, you will wine and dine at the wedding feast of the Lamb in heaven. And I could go on with the crown of victory and life that is yours to wear and the treasures stored up for you in heaven. But realize in Christ, because of Jesus, you are forgiven and you are rich beyond anything we can even begin to comprehend. Treasures that can never be taken. Trust in Jesus Love the Lord and live with Him and in Him each and every day because the Lord does not need or want your money. He wants your hearts. And through Christ Jesus, that heart belongs to God. When you see just how rich you are in Jesus, when your heart truly trusts in God's ability to provide for you always, then you are set free with that change of heart to let go of the things that are so important in our lives, to to not hang on to them so tightly. Because that change of heart allows us to be generous and faithful in our relationship with God and with the blessings that he gives to each of us in our lives. And so you see, stewardship is not about money. It's about your heart. In these last couple of weeks, we have not been talking about how you ought to spend your money, but rather how you live your life of faith. And I pray that together we can grow closer in our relationship with God, trusting in Him more and more each day, giving ourselves to Him. God wants your heart. And in Christ, that heart is his. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace.